0: Welcome to our Kingdom Conversations. Uh, today we are talking about the fullness of the Gospels. Uh, thinking about what do the Gospels say and how can we hear them? Uh, not just part of them, but, but all of them. The, the, the full message and, and the, the fullness of the message of the Gospels. And uh, today we have uh, three of the pastors talking about this. Uh, we're missing Pastor el But he's presently halfway around the world uh, in Sudan, seeing uh, family and friends and and seeing his his motherland. So uh, welcome, brothers. It's good to have you as part of this conversation. It's always fun when we get to talk scripture, talk theology, and talk together. So uh, what we're thinking about and talking about this fullness of the Gospels, uh, this has to do with our Lenten sermon series. Uh, we we started our Lenten sermon series with uh, sermons on Sundays, sermons on Wednesdays, and what we're aiming to do with that is to, to hear the the totality of the Gospels. What, what do they have to say? Uh, not just the, the points we often focus on, but maybe the more the, the subtler points of the Gospels. And um, we're, we're we're deriving this idea, this conversation, from a book by a guy named N. T. Wright, a theologian out of the um, out of England and his book is How God Became King, and uh, Wright talks about this. He talks about how, you know, there's messages in the gospel, and some of those messages are too high, too loud. Uh, some of those messages are maybe not loud enough and need to be turned up. So that's what we've been thinking about, and, and what we're going to be talking about today is, is sort of the relationship between some key things. Uh, one of those things, the relationship between um, the creeds and the gospels. Uh, Pastor Davis, what, what, what does that bring to mind for you?
1: Yeah, one of the things that I really appreciated about his work uh, was what, what he talked about with the relationship between the creeds and the gospels. And uh, I don't know quite how we'd say it, but that he, he's saying too often the church today is starting at the end of the story and the the conclusions and the summary statements of the creed that the church rightly uh, got to, the the too often we we are starting there and almost stopping there without reading the full gospels to begin with. For instance, here's what he says is, if we really uh, shape all of our teaching around the gospels, it's it's really only about the birth death and resurrection of, of Jesus like the Apostles Creed I believe uh, you know we, we talk about how Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit uh, born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius wait a minute a lot happened between his birth and suffering under Pontius Pilate and if we only really concentrate on the things that come up in the creed we're missing a ton of the stuff that really is in the gospels in fact getting ready for a sermon recently i I took him at his word and just added things up, and it, it is, in, in fact, the case that uh, less than 20% of the chapters in the Gospels deal with the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus. 80% of what's going on in the Gospels is something more than that, not different from, I mean, it all fits together, but something more than that, uh, the miracles, the teachings, um, uh, the visits to the uh, temple, and, and so his encouragement to us is to make sure that we're reading all of the Gospels, uh, so that when we read uh, the, all of the Gospels, we're going to get the fullness mm. of the Gospel. Not that the birth, death, and resurrection aren't the Gospel, but there's, there's even more to it. It's richer. So I, I, I think he, he, he puts that on the church's
0: radar in a good way. Yeah, and it's helpful just to think about that relationship, creed and, and scripture, creed in the gospels. And I often, I heard this from um, a teacher of mine, but but the relationship being kind of like a map to a trip, you know, and to go on a trip, it's very helpful to have a map. If you just set off on a trip to Florida, without a map, you're going to have a hard time getting there. And if you just hop into the gospels, you know, you can find your way around, but it's really helpful to have this map that the church has developed over the generations um, but at the same time you can't just take a map of florida and say hey this is good enough i don't i don't need to go on the trip anymore i've got the map and, and nor does the church subsist on the creeds alone and just say hey we got the, the key points we got the creeds we don't need to actually dive into the gospels and hear what jesus says how he interacts with people um the the, the more minutiae kind of things of of his life and ministry and teachings so, yeah, that's well, it, helpful.
1: It is like a trip, uh, you know, the relationship between a map and a trip in that you have to take the trip and you see a lot of cool things along the way that you that just don't show up on the map itself. It, it's obviously a more full experience.
0: Yeah. And the map keeps you from getting lost. So, yeah. Now, another thing uh, would be the relationship between the gospel and the gospels. And that's one of those things as preachers we often Talk about the gospel, then we talk about the gospels. Just the difference of a letter, but but that's a big difference. Um, Pastor Johannes, what, what exactly is that difference? Gospel and gospels.
2: Yeah, there is a difference, and there is no. In reality, there is no such a deep difference. The gospel is the footprint of Christ. Hmm. If the footprints of Christ be anywhere shown to us we kneel down and adore. And with the gospels, what makes them different is the context that they were proclaimed. Each writer had a context, or I can say it a kairos. There was time, the context, the people, the audience, and so on. So this makes the gospel somehow to have a different character than the other one. But the message is always there. The gospel is the full print. And at the same time, these sacred words give us the very image of Christ. Christ speaking, healing, dying, rising again, and making so present that were he before our very eyes, we would not more truly see him. Again, the gospel is a promise of grace or the forgiveness of sins through Christ. This is what Philip Mullington, a contemporary of Martin Luther said, and the true kernel and marrow of all the books, says uh, Martin Luther. Those which should rightly be ranked first are the Gospels from the rest of the 66 books that we have. Again, the Gospel is an eternal message. It's about heaven. It's not an ordinary message. It's not a novel. It's not a story. Martin Luther said that No poor fellow chained in sin, dead and bound for hell can ever hear anything more comforting and encouraging than this precious and lovely message about Christ, our great Dr. Martin Luther. The gospel is the principle of our Christian life also. When the doctrine of the gospel becomes our mind, it will become the principle of our life too. Consider the gentleness of Jesus, the purity of his morals, the persuasiveness of his teaching, how lofty his principles, what wisdom in his words, how opportune, frank and direct his answers were, how can the gospel history be an invention? It's true. Then we see the gospel as a Christian message and not good advice. It's not a good advice. It's a Christian message. It's a divine message. It was news and it is always news, good news of God. Then when finally the gospel were written, they did not prove what the Christian believed. They confirmed it. It's a confirmation. They confirmed it about the truth of God and the the gift of God. And finally, the gospel showed the majesty of the Holy Spirit also. They mentioned it somehow. Yeah, it is the majesty of the Holy Spirit is seen in these Gospels. There is nothing in the Gospels which does not shine or illumine the world by its splendor so that even things that seem trivial or unimportant shine with the majesty of the Holy Spirit. Here is really what the difference is. In fact, it is a context when this gospel whether it's Luke, Mark, or John, or Matthew, the context is very important, but the message is the same.
1: You know, as as you were talking, Pastor Johannes, the thing that struck me, you know, is um, how Pastor Sutton posed that question. Um, We we could also say, uh, how is the gospel in Isaiah? Uh, how do we find the gospel in uh, in Paul's letter to the church at Rome? So right. we find the gospel in, in in the books throughout the scripture, but certainly we find the fullness of the gospel mm-hmm. in the gospels. You know, what as we, just what you were saying, as we uh, follow the, the footprints of Jesus, you know, he's there. He's the one that
0: it's all about. And so we see that fullness. That, actually, that cleared some things up for me. Thanks.
2: Well, <laughs> And that's, landmark, yeah.
0: that's Yeah, that's really helpful, too, in that you would never expect someone to say, I've heard the gospel in Isaiah, I've heard the gospel in Paul, I don't need the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that'd be foolishness, because that's where we get to uh, see and, and encounter Jesus kind of in his fullness, you know, that's where the gospels really shine. Uh, but that's really helpful. Yeah, the gospel is proclaimed throughout the word of God. But but it still drives us to to really attend to the Gospels where we encounter Jesus. Um, Yeah, well, hey, this is really helpful. Um, Helpful as a a kind of, these are words that I think we use a lot, um, words that we put next to one another. I'm sure people hearing this are familiar with these words, but sometimes it's good to go back and say, what do we mean by that? What do we mean by the creeds? What's the relationship between them and and the scriptures, the Gospels? And same thing with gospel and gospels. So thank you, brothers, for this conversation. Look forward to continuing on as we get into later sessions. So God's blessings to you.